powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Duvall Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, the legendary Janet Gardner and her musical partner and husband, Justin James. What a great pair of guests, and I had so much fun talking to them. If you've not heard our in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 176, and we have a rather unique episode for you today. We have on the show Julie Rogers Pamelia. Now, Julie is the granddaughter of Hollywood legends Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. We discuss growing up around them. She tells some tales of Roy Rogers. We talk about the Duvall faithful who wrote in droves about Die Hard, plus the book Julie wrote, Your Heroes, My Grandparents, A Granddaughter's Love. Lots to cover, so let's get Julie out here. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show, calling in today from Lake Tahoe, the granddaughter of Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, Julie Rogers Pamelia. <laughs> Julie, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duval Show. How was the weather out by you today? It's actually beautiful in Lake Tahoe. It's uh, there's still snow on the mountains, but it's like in the seventies. It's nice. Nice. So with the pandemic coming to an end, how was it for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? Oh, well, as a school teacher, it was awful. You know, we were online school and it was just, yeah, I'm I'm done with that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Teachers were the unsung heroes during the pandemic. Yeah, it was learning how to teach in a whole new way. And it was all, you know, through technology, which is not my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it's not my second. Well, it is my second language. It's not my first language like my kids. Right. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it through. Thank you. All right. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? I was born in Pasadena and it was great growing up there because we were only 20 minutes away from my grandparents' ranch. And so we spent the weekends out there. Now, you are the granddaughter of Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. First off, wow. What are your earliest memories of them? My earliest memories are going to their house for dinner on Friday nights and running amok with all of my cousins. We were just, it was happy chaos everywhere. And they had a pile of dogs, all kinds of animals outside, aunts and uncles everywhere, a multicultural family. So a lot going on for a child to assimilate. And yet we were all used to it. And that was my normal. Really? Yeah. So. 
when I told people that you're going to be on the show, um, I put it out into the Twitter world and fans sent in an overwhelming amount of questions to ask you. I picked the most intelligent of them. But the one, of the, one of the first questions that people want to know is, what was it like to grow up around Hollywood royalty? Well, that's kind of a tricky one because we didn't really know it. it because fame is really not experienced within your family, at least my family. It was seen from the outside. When other people started noticing differences, then it made me think, oh, you mean my family's not just the norm, you know? I mean, so my normal was just different than everybody else's. And I thought everybody's grandparents had a TV show. And that was normal to see them on TV and to see them, you know, put costumes on and go work like that. Mm -hmm. And so it was fun. A lot of times it was like Disneyland. But then a lot of times it was just like normal. You know, I mean, you go for dinner and it's just your grandparents' house. Mm. It's been said Roy and Dale were very family oriented, including scheduling things to make sure that they were all for all the important family events. Is that true? Oh, yeah. They were very family oriented. And in fact, as much as they could, family came first. I mean, they they really tried to make adjustments for coming to my birthday parties and my school plays and, you know, recitals and all kinds of different family outings and stuff. And they were just like any normal grandparent. And our relationship was just like any normal grandparent, uh, other than the fact that they were really busy and she never really had time to sit home and bake cookies, you know, mm. and wait for us to come over kind of thing. How do you think they would have done today in the world of social media? Hmm. That's interesting because, you know, they were older generation and mm. if it had happened to them when they were in their forties, probably really well, but if they were still alive today, they'd be a hundred. So I don't think they would be really adept to <laughs> social media. <laughs> yeah. Now you wrote a book, your heroes, my grandparents and granddaughters love what inspired you to put pen to paper and put this book together. Well, I was just thinking, you know, you get older and you, you have grown kids and then you think, what do my kids know about me? And what I want them to remember about me or to know about how I grew up, which is basically kind of their heritage and their family history. And I realized they don't really know that much. And so I, um, I thought of writing a book to my sons and they're all grown and they have families of their own. And I just was going to make it as a Christmas gift one year. And along the way, I go to these Western festivals and people convinced me, no, you have such good stories. We really want to read them. You should write a book. And I'd say, well, I am, but it's for my sons. And then they said, no, 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 no. You need to, you know, get it published because we want to buy uh, the book too. We want to, we want to read those stories. So I just, it kind of morphed into that. Yeah. I didn't start off to be a writer. Hmm. You say that, is there still such a fan base out there for Roy Rogers and Dale Evans? You know, there is, but it's older. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, unless you're about, I don't know, 50, you don't know who they are unless your family was really into Roy and Dale. And then from their parents and grandparents, they know. But it's really fun to educate the younger generation because they're very uh, um, appropriate for today. Their their lives were, they, they really changed the social landscape of a lot of things, not mm -hmm. just 
they weren't just in the movies. Um, they really were an advocate for kids with special needs because they had a special needs child, two of them. So they were kind of on the cutting edge of a lot of stuff, a lot of business things. I mean, Grandpa was the start of the NFL merchandising, which not very many people know. So, yeah, they, they had a big impact on people other than just their movie career. Hmm. So how long did it take you to write the book? I started it during COVID for <laughs> lack of other things to do. And then after we started up and running again, I sort of put it away and would take it out. And uh, I don't know. Then it took about three years just because I put it away and took it out again. So, But, but once I got going, it really only took a, a few months to write. That's not bad. So one of the anecdotes in the book was based on Roy's appearance and how he didn't look the part that Hollywood needed him to play. Exactly how did he change his appearance to make that transformation? Well, at first when he came to Hollywood, they didn't, Republic Studios didn't like his eyes because they were too squinty. And, you know, they were looking for actors that kind of followed the same, along the same appearances as Clark Gable and, you know, these big eyed, handsome, you know, stars. And he didn't, he didn't fit that. And so they told him that he needed to go on prescription eye drops to relax the muscles and make his eyes bigger. So he did that. They even at some point tried to glue his eyelids open, you know, or, you know, part of his eyelid to make his eyes stand out more. And then he complained that his eyes were burning at the end of the day. I mean, that's just not good for your eyes. And then they said, well, you're not, you know, your shoulders aren't big enough. You're not, you're not athletic enough. And he was very athletic, but he was a small build. So they had him, doing handstands every day to try to, you know, buff up a little bit. And then they also gave him shirts with, with shoulder pads in them to make his shoulders broader. And it's like they, you know, they finally, the fans, especially the eyes, the fans started writing in saying, Hey, what are you doing messing with Roy's eyes? We like his eyes the way they are. Stop it. And so they did. And then the rest is history. He just was himself and people loved who he was. You know, it's amazing you say that. It's like Clint Eastwood made an entire career out of squinting. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, I don't know. He, he just, they didn't have such, he didn't have such luck as Clint Eastwood. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. So tell us about the first time you heard the history behind the song Happy Trails. I was 20. I was 20 years old. And I, you know, I knew the song because grandpa would sing it and hum it around the house and, I'd heard it plenty on their TV show and, you know, everywhere, basically. But nobody told me Grandma wrote that, including Grandma herself. I mean, it's not the kind of thing you say, oh, by the way, as she's making a peanut butter jelly sandwich for me, you know, I wrote the song Happy Trails. You just don't hear that when you're a grandchild. And so I was in college and I heard it on the radio uh, real soft. I heard my grandma's name pop out and I, I turned up the radio and they were talking about how she had written that iconic song. I was like, seriously, <laughs> nobody told me that. And I went to the phone, I called her and I was, you know, very offended. I said, no, you know, nobody tells me anything in this family. <laughs> and she said, well, baby, I just didn't think it was that important. And <laughs> I said, well, obviously, but you know, I had to hear it from the guy on the radio, but um, you know, it really, it really spoke about their life. It, it ended up being um, pretty much their life in a nutshell, happy trails and sad ones too. And she wrote it on a napkin, you know, about a half hour before she taught it to grandpa the first time they sang it. What kind of royalties they get for that? Um, now I think it's, 
public domain. It's been so long. I don't know. Um, no, actually, I take that back. Um, like in uh, Men in Black 3, but they, Grandpa was singing, I think, Don't Fence Me In. On the radio, uh, uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones were driving in the car in Men in Black 3. And on the radio, Grandpa was singing. Mm. And the family got royalties for like that 30 seconds or whatever it was. Uh, pretty good Rightfully money. So. I should I should quit teaching if I could do that. <laughs> Rightfully so, too. Yeah. So. Okay, Duval Nation, we are going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Julie Rogers Pamelia. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. <laughs> you know that's right, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Please give your attention to a few friends of my show, and we will be right back. 17.9 cycles ago, us machines defeated the humans. Now, we're living the good life here in Droidston, Manitoba. Morning, Gif! Morning, Dust! But there's still the problem of human infestation. That's what it's time to call Human Be Gone. Human Be Gone! Wherever you get your podcasts. Human Be Gone! Hello Duval Nation, Derek Duval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek Duval Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's betterhelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. Hey, it's Michelle Fabre, and you're listening to The Derek Duval Show. You can hear my brand new single, I'm All That I Need, on all streaming platforms right now. Because I'm all that I need to get by. Yes, I'm all that I want. I'll tell you why. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own, with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! 
budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hello, this is Erica, host and guide of the YouTube vlog Mon Jardin au Coin. I invite you to join me as we explore the many joys of gardening, such as sowing seeds, raising plants, and the reward of harvesting. If gardening is something you're interested in, or you just want to follow my adventures and receive tips to help any novice break into starting their own garden, you can find Monjardin Oquan on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I look forward to having you hang out with me in my little garden on the corner. Hey, it's Presley Tennant, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can find my brand new EP, 600 Miles, on all streaming platforms right now. This is Benjamin Sledge, author of Where Cowards Go to Die. In my award-winning memoir, you'll discover the raw humanity, intricate complexity, and brutal barbarity of those who served in the Iraq and Afghan wars, and the psychological toll it took on modern veterans. You can purchase Where Cowards Go to Die on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere major books are sold. Look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Benjamin C. Sledge. Welcome back to episode 176 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with the granddaughter of Roy Rogers and Dale Evans and the author of the book, Your Heroes, My Grandparents, A Granddaughter's Love, Julie Rogers Pamilia. So, fan question, uh, do you still have any of the merchandise left over from the height of Roy and Dale's fame? Oh, dear. Yes, of course I do. I, it's like it's taking up space in my attic. And I don't see a real future for it with my sons. <laughs> They're not interested. Yeah, because, you know, when they got, when they had toys made, you know, at one point, Grandpa was second only to Walt Disney in his merchandising. And he had like 400 plus items out there. So they would pass them along to us to test out and to see if we liked them. So I had quite a bit of it when I was young. And then over the years, people have given me some and I've kept some and la da 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 da. And so I have about 20 boxes of that stuff. And I don't, gosh, yes, the answer is yes. And then some. So I'm going to donate some to a museum, I think. There's a museum here in Oklahoma where I live. Uh, the Oklahoma, it's like the National Cowboy Museum. Oh, yes. I guarantee yeah. that I guarantee they probably take it off your hands. Oh, good idea. I'll write yeah. that down. Yeah. All right. So one more fan question. Uh, what is something about Roy Rogers that my listeners would be impressed to learn that they may not already know? Well, he paired his dark socks with his gym shorts. I mean, that's not really Roy Rogers' like. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure it's it's a fantastic thing to know, but it is a, it is a bit of trivia. Yeah. He was every bit just a grandpa. <laughs> you know, he was very, very 
sentimental and sweet. And a lot of people didn't know that because he was so painfully shy and he didn't, he didn't speak a lot about his emotions, but he felt really deep and he was really a, a tender hearted grandpa. Mm. What has the reception to the book been like? It's been wonderful. Everything I, you know, the feedback that I'm getting is people really like the style of the, like, we're just chatting kind of thing around a kitchen table. It's very conversational because I don't know how to be anything else. That's just the way I write. I apparently is the way that I talk. It's easy to read. The chapters are short. My husband likes it because there's lots of pictures (laughs) (laughs) and he's not a real reader and it's been really good. And I just hope that some of the younger people will pick it up because I think it's worth it. Yeah. All right. So this last fan question is slightly bizarre, but it was the overwhelming fan question that got wrote in. Oh dear. I know what it's going to be. Go ahead. Did Roy ever see or know of the film Die Hard? And if so, what was his opinion of the film's homage to him? Oh, I thought you were going to ask if Trigger's really stuffed. I don't think he saw that. No. No. And I, he he would be shocked if, if he heard it coming out of Bruce Willis's mouth because I've seen it. And I think it was... I think it was kind of a cute. I mean, if you can say that something Bruce Willis says is cute, Um, but it wasn't negative in any way, but I think he'd be surprised. They were so surprised that people would reference them. I mean, grandma was doing a crossword puzzle one time and, and it was her name and she didn't even know it. And all of a sudden she blurted out, Oh my stars, it's day 11s, you know? And, and she didn't even know that was her name in the crossword. That's amazing. Um, So, yeah. That was a kind of a fun reference. I had over 50 people ask that question. What? Yeah. Really? Swear. Wow. Everyone wanted to know if Roy ever saw Die Hard and if they ever, if it, what was his opinion of the film's homage to him? So. He would have liked it because it was a, um, you know, a favorable homage, you know, it was, yeah. but um, he wasn't a real, I don't know, a real fan of a lot of violence, a lot of sex, a lot of, you know, he's very old yeah. fashioned. Very right. old fashioned. He would say, you know, there's most of the movies out there. I can't even let Trigger watch, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Cute. So what's next for Julie? You know, I could not fit about 125 pictures in my book. And I was very disappointed. <laughs> and I still have a few things more to say. And I thought maybe I might write, I don't know, just like a picture book, like a coffee table type book and just, you know, small captions underneath. Um, on the other hand, too, I before this even came out, I had written a children's story, a picture book story that I, I really feel like I have a lot of children's stories in me. And I've been a teacher for 34 years, elementary school teacher, and I've tried it out on some people and I think it might be fun. So now I'm looking for a children's book editor or publisher. That's amazing. You yeah. know, there is a huge market right now for coffee book table uh, books. People are, there really is. Um, people, a lot of people who have come on my show, a lot of people who've come on my show have created coffee book table books for the Apollo space program or, or various other things. And they sell like you would not believe. Really? Really. Oh, that's good to know because I have so many pictures. I mean, thousands of pictures. I mean, I have enough to choose from in other words. Mm. And uh, and ones that people have never seen before. And I think that's kind of the good thing about the book I have out now is that a lot of the pictures have not been published before. And they are family pictures. So mm. 
that's good to know. Yeah. So as we enter the final phase of the interview, I always like to ask one fun question. What do you like to do for fun? What do you like to do to relax? Well, I like to go to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> that's if you really must know, that's that's what I'm looking forward to going with my grandchildren. That's all I can think about is going to, uh, you know, that was my first job. And I'm just kind of partial to Disneyland. My husband hates it. He hates the crowds. He hates everything about it. So I just leave him at home because it's too expensive for him to go and not like it. So, um, yeah. So, um, but other than that, I ride horses. I draw. I paint. I write. I like to to go on the lake here mm. in Lake Tahoe. Nice. So what would be the best way for my listeners to learn more about you, your book, and for learn more about your adventures online? Well, the book can be be found at Amazon.com on in hardback or softcover, and also Barnes and Noble. And I'm on Facebook. And if they look up Julie Pamilia, it doesn't have the Rogers part in it. Uh, I just have Julie Pamilia on there. Well, and a couple other names, <laughs> so people can find you, you know. Yeah. But I'm working on a website, but it's not up yet, so I can't really, you know. Fair enough. All right. Julie, I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth? Be kind. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, that just was the first thing on my mind. <laughs> it's the number one answer. Everybody, that's pretty much the most popular answer to that question. Really? Really is. Oh, that's awesome. Well, if there's that many people, that's a popular question. We should start seeing some more kindness out there. <laughs> I wish that was true. <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll be the, I'll be one of the leaders in that, you know. Yeah. The book is Your Heroes, My Grandparents, and Granddaughter's Love, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. Julie, congratulations on the book. Thanks for taking the time to come on the show. This has been a great time. Thank you so much for having me. Happy trails. Happy trails. <laughs> and just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 176. I want to thank Julie for taking the time to come on the show. That was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about Roy and Dale in my research. I encourage all of you to buy the book. And Julie, thanks for taking the time to come to speak with me. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days. So be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have. So please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We especially love reading our reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us on the Apple Podcast playlist. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing Tee Public. The Derek Duvall Show has a great little store on there with everything without a logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Go to the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tee Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, what are you doing to manage your mental health this weekend? May I suggest going out of town and listening to some live music? A study has shown that listening to 30 minutes of live music can reduce anxiety by about 26%. It might be worth exploring. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time. 
Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.